Well, I'm Web Club. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Stephanie White. Stephanie, are you ready to do this? I'm so ready. All right, let's go. Doctor and chef Stephanie White has worked in the hospitality industry since her teens. Has transitioned to teaching kitchens and higher education over the past decade. She's passionate about food literacy and food as medicine. She oversees two online academic programs for Auguste Escoffier School of Culinary Arts, focused on plant-based culinary arts and holistic nutrition and wellness. And she works with the Osher Center for for Integrative Health at UC. She's focused on food literacy and food as medicine. Stephanie, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, why you do what you do. Well, thanks for having me, George. Yeah, I uh, started, obviously, in the hospitality industry, as you mentioned, and really got into food because, for me, it was something that I could provide for other people. Uh, it felt like the way that I could most directly impact other people's lives positively. Uh, so that's really why I fell in love with food. I also grew up in kind of interesting households with um, two parents that were divorced. And my father is not really into food. Great guy. He's gotten into more food over the years. And as I've gotten into the industry and my mom's a huge foodie. So uh, I had two very different kind of childhoods around food and what that relationship looked like. And I found that, uh, you know, and thinking about the time I spent with my grandparents, since I spent a lot of time there while my, both my parents were working, you know, they grew raspberries. We used to pick them and sell them. And I, I remember, you know, harvesting walnuts. And it, for me, that was part of such a beautiful way to connect with them and also a different way to approach food that I think most of us experience on a day to day basis, particularly now, you know, arguably decades later. So for me, that's how I ended up in food. And the more I ended up working in restaurants and um, high volume kitchens and catering, uh, the more and more I kind of leaned towards uh, kind of the health and wellness side of it. A part of that story too, to kind of backtrack a little bit, um, in my teen years, I was at a boarding school and decided to go vegan off of a bet with a friend, uh, which is just kind of comical at this point. Uh, sure. We were training for Ultimate Frisbee and we thought, you know what, hey, if we go vegetarian, we're going to perform better. I don't know how we got this idea. Like it just kind of percolated out of nowhere as teens happen sometimes. And uh, it felt great. And I was also at the time kind of thinking about where my food was coming from, kind of getting back to that core idea of why do we eat what we eat? Um, and for me, I started getting really angry at the standard American diet and where our food system is in the United States. Pretty typical for an angry teenager to pick on something like that. Uh, so for me, that was, you know, a way to advocate for better food and different food was uh, through my own eating and then through my cooking. So that's why I ended up in the hospitality industry. I've done a lot of different things over that time. And I fell in love with teaching uh, predominantly because actually I used to teach martial arts in my teens and that whole aspect of seeing people uh, go through the process of having their own aha moment and helping guide them there uh, and try not to direct it too much. But just that process of this is what this means to me or, oh, I have challenges achieving this, but now it's all coming together after hard work. So for me, that is a really amazing experience to have with other people. Uh, and that's really why I kind of meandered into more of the teaching kitchen space and higher education. Um, 
So yeah, that's kind of where I am now outside of work. I'm living in kind of the Midwest, but I'm from the East Coast. If uh, people can't tell from the pace of my uh, (laughs) words, but, uh, you know, I I spend a a lot of time trying to be outside when I'm not, you know, cooking or at this point, uh, mostly on a computer. Um, And I have three amazing dogs and a loving husband. So I, you know, have a, have a great life outside of work too, but I'm really fueled by my work. This, uh-huh. at this point in my life. <laughs> I love it. So is veganism the unlock for winning an ultimate Frisbee? <laughs> um, I, I was very competitive in ultimate Frisbee for uh-huh. many years and I, I was pretty okay. Uh, for me, it works uh, for other people, you know, everybody's body is different. So I think that's also a big part of food is uh, we don't always take the time to consider how that food impacts um, our daily mechanisms and how we feel and being that in tune with it. So for me, it really worked Uh, for other people. I can't say that it's the magic key to unlock your performance. Uh, I think for some people it might, but for others, maybe not. (laughs) Yeah. We all must go down this journey of Mm self-discovery. But as I say that, we all must not do that, you know, as 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 we look at uh, at our culture with the majority of us are, are overweight or obese. So how, how do you think about that? Do you think that we just have a bad relationship with food? Do we not have any relationship with food? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I think we all have a relationship with food, whether or not we recognize it, I think is kind of the key to diving into it. So when we look at especially the standard American diet or just where we are as a society. And that includes globalization. At this point, we can, we can see from data that the the world is getting larger as far as our waistlines go and our chronic diseases. It's not just American uh, issue. Um, And when we take a look at like the history of food, we were seeing, you know, in the forties, fifties, women getting into the workplace, more industrialized food to, Uh, be a mark of modernity. You know, it was really an indicator that, hey, I don't have to spend time cooking for my family because now I get to do something else. It was seen as sort of this lower tiered process. Now we look today and, and many people do not know how to cook for themselves. But that's also because they probably didn't have parents that cooked. And their parents may not have parents who cooked either. So we're getting to a point where we have multiple generations that may not have an intimate relationship with cooking. They may have an intimate relationship with foods, but not the core ingredients that they're utilizing. So I think that's kind of where the breakdown is for a lot of folks. It's just not true for everybody. Some people have amazing traditions around home-cooked scratch foods. And, you know, those are amazing memories and history and culture. And it can be so enriching uh, and nourishing to not just have those foods, but be in that process, be with the people that are around that food. Uh, but not everybody has that. And uh, I think it'd be really daunting for a lot of folks to get into food if they don't already have comfortability in a relationship on some level with cooking. That makes so much sense. And you probably trace a pretty straight line between um, what you sort of laid out about women leaving the home and then cooking almost kind of looked down on to... Mm-hmm 
convenience and it's the TV dinner and then it's, you know, food in a styrofoam box through a drive through. And now here we are where there's literally a fast food joint on every single corner and that cooking can be intimidating or going and shopping for ingredients and how in the world am I going to put all this together? So those are, that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. And it's, you know, not just thinking about, oh, now I need to buy the ingredients. I need to know how to prepare it. Now I need to also clean. You know, there are a lot of steps that seem incredibly daunting, but we also look at not just within thinking about the trajectory of modernized food, but also thinking about systemic issues within policy. So looking at how much food costs, when we look at, you know, fast food joints, you can get, you know, a meal for for people for twenty to thirty dollars, obviously with inflation lately, that's you know it's a little skewed. Um, but it's hard for people to rationalize. I can buy this food this quickly for this much, but it's going to cost me this much time because you know our our time and energies does also cost us money. You know, so people are taking that trade off. But something that I think is really important that uh, we don't always think about in our society right now is it's not just the short term cost. So not just the dollar value of preparing that food versus going to the, you know, going to a fast food place. Um, We're looking at long-term health issues. So looking at um, your medical bills long-term, looking at your insurance rates, looking at the lifespan and life expectancy that you may now have based on your food choices. So it becomes a much larger impact long-term, but it's hard for people in the moment to go, you know, I've, I've got kids in the car that scream and want food and I haven't, I don't have anything prepared at home. So we kind of need to scoot by this place before we go to this soccer practice, you know, and then people start <laughs> spiraling a little bit and thinking about, I don't have time for this and I don't have the mental ability or not necessarily ability, but the um, space to do it. I, I'm a firm believer that everybody can cook and everybody can cook healthy food for themselves, but it is absolutely a process and really difficult for a lot of folks to get into. Those are all <clears throat> compelling reasons for why things are the way that they are. I mean, yeah. we're constantly faced with trade-offs and and mm-hmm. you just, you went through all of them so, so nicely. There's a financial trade-off, which is short-term thinking because if it's cheaper to buy to do what you laid out but we're essentially poisoning ourselves um and our families and and it's really leading to horrible things um Mm. and then the time and everything else so so how do we how do we start turning that around yeah how do we get out of that cycle um you know I'm a firm believer that it's based on individual actions every day and, and it can start small. You know, it, it's you do not need to overhaul your life in one day. I don't think that's particularly sustainable for anybody. Um, I may have gone vegan basically overnight because I'm incredibly stubborn, but I do not think it's appropriate for most people. Um, so my my suggestion is really thinking about, so what is my life with my food and my relationship to food look like now? How do I feel about it? Because you may feel perfectly fine too. And and if you feel like there's nothing that you really want to change, then maybe this isn't the right time for you to change anything. But maybe you're at a juncture where you're like, I don't feel that great after eating particular foods. Well, maybe that's the the spot to look at first of maybe I'm going to choose to consume something else for this one meal. Or maybe on Sunday, instead of um, 
you know, doing some other activity, I'm going to prep some food and then have it for the week um, or even for a couple meals. Even if it's getting together with, a, if, if you're cooking for other people or eating food with other people, finding time to think through, okay, this is the day that we're going to have a meal together. Because it's not just always about producing food at home. It's also about sharing food with other people and having that type of relationship and reconnect with the food rather than eating in the car on the go or eating in front of the TV and not mindfully consuming it because that's also not allowing us to have that connection to our food and how it's making us feel. So I don't think you necessarily have to jump into cooking right away if that's not what you want to do. I think part of it is also reconnecting and being a little bit more mindful about what you're consuming and how frequently you're consuming whatever you're consuming. That makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> There's so many different, I mean, food is obviously a massive part of our lives and looking back we can probably look to some of the best experiences that we've had with other people have been around food and around a dinner table or breakfast or coffee whatever it is it right. plays such an important role if we allow it to if we set the table for those experiences um and the 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 prep and if you can as a family or a friend group or with whatever you know, go through and actually cook the food together and then sit down and eat it. How, 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 how fun and an opportunity to get off of our devices for a little bit and put some food in our mouth that is actually healthy and not going to hurt us. Absolutely. And I think the thing too, is sometimes those events can become such a production as well. Like if you decide to cook with friends or maybe even you decide all to cook a separate dish in your own spaces um, and then come together and share it together. It's a beautiful way to build different memories with people. And ultimately, a lot of folks, especially nowadays, are looking for experiences. That's that's why we spend money <laughs> a lot of times is because we're looking for something that we can remember and relish and have um, what, you know, not positively or negatively, but have cultural cachet around it, because that's why sometimes we do things as humans is so that we can say we did it, um, or say that we've assembled that experience and then we can kind of tote it around this amazing thing. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think there's just so much we can do with food to reconnect with other people as well, not just with ourselves. So, um, it's, it's always fun to think about different ways that you can interact with food. For sure. Yeah, it's probably a limitless, a limitless thing. Um, so, with 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 your work now, are are you teaching people who are interested in becoming professional chefs? Are you teaching consumers, just regular folks? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, the Augusta Scaffier School of Culinary Arts focuses on accredited programs. So it, it's meant for folks that want to cook professionally, uh, both the plant-based program and then the holistic nutrition and wellness program are fundamentally a little bit different structured and also depends on kind of what you want to do with your career. Some of our plant-based folks are totally plant-based, whether or not that's vegan, vegetarian, whole foods, plant-based, you know, there are a lot of iterations and plant-based is kind of broad. Um, but if that's kind of your, your plan to cook for other folks or want to, you want to have your own business, that's plant-based, that's a really great option. But uh, holistic nutrition and wellness is uh, more plant forward. There's there's still animal products um, in that curriculum for the cooking side of it, particularly because um, 
when we look at holistic nutrition, it can mean so many different things to so many folks. And uh, we wanted to make sure that that uh, program was kind of comprehensive to that, because depending on if you want to coach clients or become a, a personal chef, you have to be able to, you know, know what to cook for folks who may be uh, experiencing uh, particular uh, chronic illnesses or have particular dietary trends and knowing how to work with it and and um, help them have nourishing food is, is a big part of it. So um, they're kind of two very distinct programs, but definitely meant for individuals who want to get in the profession if they're not already. Um, some some folks are already you know professional chefs and they want this as an additional credentialing or a different avenue. Um, we get many folks who have been in the culinary industry that have decided that this is more their focus. And now they're taking this as either a certificate or even our associates track. Um, so that's for the kind of professional side of it. Uh, and then my work with uh, UC's Osher Center, so University of Cincinnati, um, they do a lot of community-based classes uh, in their integrative health space. And those are more for community members. Uh, we did some online uh, classes and they have tons of different activities, not just on the food side, but movement side as well. They've just been uh, doing a lot of planetary health as well, since there's just so many aspects of our wellness as as people, as communities and, and globally that they do a lot of uh, pertinent work around uh, not just food as medicine, but um, well-being. Um, so it's I'm kind of hitting both sides in, in cool. different spaces. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So we as human beings love uh, to pick a side and then stand up for our side. Mm-hmm. And I think that vegan is a word. It's some letters strung together that carries a lot of weight. And yes. if you, you like it, then that's great. If you if you think it's stupid, then you think it's pretty stupid. How do you think <laughs> about that tribalism that we have with 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 with, with food? You know, it's I find it fascinating because I think about that, particularly with vegan and, and how uh, that term can be very polarizing for for many folks, but it also can have many different connotations. For some people, it's more political. For some people, it's more about um, animal welfare, some people sustainable. So there's still, even within that term, so many different ways that you can approach it. Um, but I also think it's uh, linguistically, it's part of our nature in the English language to it's a binary, it's us versus them a lot of times. So it, it turns into a pretty heated debate for some people pretty quickly. Um, it's I find it interesting because I think ultimately for me, whatever you decide to consume around food um, becomes part of your identity, but you don't need to tote it as um, being better than somebody else. I've noticed that with certain dietary <laughs> trends is people will go and it, it's not just vegans. It's sure. you know, paleo, keto. Well, I'm doing this and I feel so much better, which is amazing. Great. If you feel better, that is awesome. And I hope that you continue to feel great. Like that is amazing. <laughs> but at the same time, do not tout it like you're better than everybody else because everybody has their own relationship with food. And some people have to go through a lot of healing. Like I, in my teens, I experienced an eating disorder and it took me many years to rekindle a positive relationship with food. So I think it's interesting how many folks will take particularly diets, uh, whether or not it's a trend or a fad or just the way that they personally eat, whether or not it's monochromatic food (laughs) or eating the rainbow, uh, we tend to use it as a power play with other folks sometimes. And I, 
I don't think that's particularly right because I don't think that there's one. That's why there's so many cultures and so many cuisines. There's not one right way to eat food. <laughs> They're just not. So for me, it's, it's, I find it interesting. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they, how can they engage? Absolutely. So uh, my personal website is stephaniemichalak.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-L-A-K dot C-U-M. Otherwise, if you're interested in the Escoffier side of it, it's escoffier.edu. So E-S-C-O-F-F-I-E-R dot E-D-U. And then uh, for UC, we're looking at their website med, M-E-D dot U-C edu um they have tons of other things besides the integrative center but um that's kind of where you'll be able to go for for most of that and i'm on instagram facebook if you need to find me you, you can find me <laughs> excellent well if you enjoyed as much as i did show stephanie your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas go to stephanie macalac yeah that's fine <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Close enough there, buddy. Close enough. <laughs> it's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-M-I-C-H-A-L-A-K.com. And check out what she's working on there. Go to escoffier.edu, E-S-C-O-F-F-I-E-R.edu, and then med.uc.edu. Find her on Instagram and Facebook. I'll link all those in the notes of the show so you don't need to try to decipher my spelling on her last name there. Thanks again, Stephanie. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, George. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.